0: Ty and joining us live this morning in studio is georgia secretary of state and republican candidate for governor brian kemp it is great to have you on wsb with us sir
1: hey great to be on with you scott thanks so
0: much beautiful morning in georgia that's for sure i can only imagine how intense this campaign has
1: been with the race this close how are you handling the schedule uh very very busy right now uh we have just been going daylight to dark literally seven days a week but that's good i mean things are going great we continue to Lead slightly in the polls and working hard to get our folks to turn out. You know, very pleased with early voting last week. We're continuing to work people this week. Got a couple of days here in Atlanta, and then we're going to hit the road on a mini bus tour end of the week, the end of the weekend, and just keep. Looking to Georgia voters right now and asking them for their support and getting them to turn out for us. Your opponent Stacey Abrams plans to early vote today. We understand in South Decab. Are you going to early vote or wait till November sixth? <laughs> well, I would I would certainly consider voting at any point. Problem is I haven't been able to get home to Athens during early voting hours because <laughs> we've been working so hard on the trail. So we'll figure that out when we move along. I know it won't be this week because we're going to be gone on the road every single day. Well, thank you for taking time to sit in with us. we got lots to talk about this half hour, so we'll dig in
0: in just a minute, okay? Five minutes after the hour, Scott Slate here along with Georgia Secretary of State Brian Kemp, live, the Republican candidate for governor. It's great to have you on Atlanta's Morning News in case folks are just joining us, let us. Let's dig into what has become a national campaign issue, Mr. Secretary. Your opponent is calling you the architect of voter suppression. Are you suppressing the vote?
1: Absolutely not. And I didn't uh, suppress it in 2016 before the presidential election when these same radical people were saying that and certainly didn't in 2014 when Stacey Abrams' New Georgia Project accused me of the exact same thing. This is a completely fabricated story. If you look at my record as Secretary of State, we have more than one million people more on our voter rolls than when I took office. We set a record this year, by the way. Um, it was very coincidental, I think, that they filed uh, several of these lawsuits right after we set the record. So, you know, this narrative of me being a voter suppressor has been going on. They've been, you know, saying it and finally did something about it to get a you know, national headline. But the truth just doesn't play that out. We have a record number of people on the rolls now. Minority participation in Georgia is up 23%. And under my tenure, we created and pushed through the legislature online voter registration where people literally, if they have a Georgia driver's license or a state-issued Georgia ID card, they can register to vote 24 hours a day, seven days a week. My opponent voted against that legislation. We have electronic ballot delivery now where we can send military and overseas voters their ballot by email, cutting the time in half to absentee vote if you're an overseas voter, or, or a member of our uh, armed services. So th- this is an outrageous claim, this whole 53,000 people she's talking about them. Seventy-five percent of those people failed the federal match. It's not the state match. It's the federal match because their last four of their Social Security number did not match the individual on that. That is something that was pre-cleared under President Obama. By the Obama Justice Department, you know, Eric Holder and that crowd that was over there, they pre cleared that because it's a federal law that we check that verification or we got it approved through the federal process. So this whole thing is fabricated and outrageous. Several of the several thousand of the people that are on that pending list are double. They're listed twice you know, so we're not going to put that same person in there twice. Some of them are deceased voters that are going to be removed once they're verified. This is a way of keeping the voter rolls secure. The The first part of having secure, accessible, fair elections in Georgia is they got to be secure and you got to keep the voter rolls up to date. We are following the law. Stacey Abrams is accusing me of following the law. She's fabricated this story and Look, there's, I think, 14, 15 percent of the people that are on this list, Scott, they're held over from 2014, from the New Georgia Project. 2014. Now, just think about that. They didn't vote in 14. They didn't vote in 16. And they haven't yet voted in 18. And she's blaming me for them not being, you know, they're on the rolls. They just have a a verification problem that they haven't uh, gotten to yet. And all these folks have to do is just like you and I. Go to the polling location, show their photo ID, show their state ID, and they can vote in this election. So this is a completely fabricated story. So the bottom line is you're following the law. Oh, absolutely. I'm following the law. And if you look at my record as well, this is what's so, you know, really just hilarious about this whole narrative uh, and really quite frustrating that the press has not written the truth about this Um, story. But you look back, they said the same exact thing in 2016 before the presidential race. We had record number of votes and record turnout for that election in 2016. If you look back, you Google it, you can see they did the same exact thing, calling me a voter suppressor. They did the same thing in 14, and they're doing the same thing now. And it's even more hilarious that they're saying this, because right now, while they're calling me a voter suppressor, We're having record turnout, record turnout the first week of early voting, record number of uh, absentee ballots that have have been requested. I mean, this is just an outrageous claim that they're using to try to gin up their base. But I think it's going to work against them. I think people, when they really figure this out, that's why I appreciate the opportunity uh, to be on this afternoon, is that when people find out the truth, they know that Stacey Abrams is lying to them. And do you really want somebody to be our governor that's going to lie to you? Thanks for
0: answering that question. I appreciate that. I do. WSB time is 812 of 41 degrees in midtown Atlanta. They're joining me live this morning is Republican candidate for governor, Georgia Secretary of State Brian
1: Kemp. Before we move on to, to other issues, you had one more point you wanted to make about the voting process here. Yeah, you know, part of the lawsuit that Stacey Abrams' group, the New Georgia Project, and a lot of other people... Um, filed against this other day they're they're hoping to get a liberal judge to hear this case and in the in the complaint it says that they want people that are on the pending list as non-citizens or their citizenship hasn't been verified which we have to do by Georgia law she wants them to be able to vote in this election and then she was called on camera saying she wanted documented and undocumented folks in Georgia to be part of the blue wave to to you know advocate for non-citizens voting in Georgia elections is outrageous. That, that's more liberal than California, and I think that's something that voters need to know as well, uh, to really have the facts on both sides of this argument, and then they can decide you know, who they want to support for governor. Let's move on to transportation. An awful lot of folks sitting in Atlanta traffic right now who would
0: love to hear your ideas on how to make it flow a little smoother. What are you thinking?
1: Well, look, as a father of three teenage daughters, I have fought traffic, you know, trying to get to the metro area from where we live in Athens to get to one of our daughter's ball games. Uh, I've done the same trying to get home to see them play when they're in Athens when I've been working in Atlanta. And then certainly as someone that's been working in Atlanta for eight and a half years, you know, traveling just from my apartment, Downtown to the Capitol. I mean, I've experienced the the uh, congestion that we have in the metro area. In some ways, it's a it's a good problem to have. That our state's growing; um, it's growing faster than we can build roads. You know, the the opposite of that, if we we're in a terrible economy or somewhere up in the Northeast where people are fleeing in those areas and our downtown buildings are being boarded up, would not be a good scenario. But that being said, we've got to continue to move the needle. And there's been a lot done over the last. Uh, eight, well, seven and a half years under Governor Deal's leadership. Um, many projects underway, you know, fully supportive of things like rapid bus transit up 400, a lot of the interchange projects we have going on right now, a lot of the additional lanes that's being built, the reversible lanes, things of that nature starting to move the needle. But we have much more to do. And and I'm going to be a governor that's going to uh, ask how much is it going to cost and who's going to pay for it and what kind of return on investment we're going to get. We, we've got to quit building projects wherever they are um, for, for the powerful. We need to build them where they're going to give our citizens uh, the best chance at relief or the best chance to get their goods and services from the market. We've got to have a statewide transportation plan, which I do, because even if you're, say, a farmer or a business person in South Georgia or up in North Georgia, you, you know you got to have good logistics to get your products to the market. You know, while congestion may be a priority in Atlanta and other parts of the state, it's not. So we need a governor that's going to focus on all those things. I think we can get the best of both worlds when you think of things like inland ports, trying to get some of our container traffic off of the roads onto our rail systems to alleviate trucks coming through downtown Atlanta. You know, looking at other projects that give us uh, bypasses around the metro areas for trucks, either on the west side of the state or on the east side of the state, That will have those trucks that don't need to unload in the the metro area to divert Atlanta. There's a lot of that going on now. I'm very supportive of that. But we've also got to have a governor when it comes to transportation that keeps making sure that we're well-rounded and looking to the future, um, especially on things like innovation with self-driving cars, dedicated lanes for that autonomous, you know, vehicle-type things, and and, um, that's going to be a governor, the kind of governor that I will be, and absolutely will continue to support the great growth uh, that we're having at our port in Savannah and and the port in Brunswick. That is a key economic driver for every county in this state, even way up in northeast or northwest Georgia, so I'll be a governor that does that, and as well as, uh, you know, making sure we have a vibrant metro economy in the future. Let's talk education for just a moment. A lot of folks say that's the most important thing to them in this in this
0: governor's race, and you had a plan to get a substantial pay raise to Georgia teachers. Have you vetted that and, and how to pay for it?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got a great plan for education. It's a lot more than that. It's investing in public education, giving teachers a $5,000 pay raise. Uh, we've got a whole school safety plan that uh, Lieutenant Governor Candidate Jeff Duncan and I rolled out I don't know, probably a month ago. We're very excited about that. It gives some one time money to give the schools complete local control to spend that money to secure their school however they best see you know, see the need to do that. Some of that, you know, some of that may be uh, facial recognition check ins, it may be hardening the exit, it may be automatic locking systems on the on the exterior doors, classroom doors, you know, camera system, video systems audio systems, whatever they think works best for their school, they know. That'll be for every uh, public school in Georgia. But we've also, part of that plan is a lot of times the the situation is going to be coming from someone within the school. So you've got to look at how you solve the problem from inside out, not locking the outside to allow people in. And that's why part of that plan is to put a high school counselor in every high school in our state to deal with behavioral health problems, whether that's you know, suicide, substance abuse issues at home—that is something that the teachers and administrators told us that they would like to see. They're they're having to bear the brunt of that load right now, so we're very excited about that. And then uh, we're we're also going to continue to make sure that we are we have local control. You know, I believe that folks in local communities know best how to. Take care of their kids, and it's it's a very different than than my opponent. She wants to, you know, she wants government-run schools for everybody. She doesn't support school choice like I do when it comes to thing like uh, things like private uh, child care facilities and early learning programs and pre-K. Uh, she wants to give the Hope Scholarship to those that are here illegally, which will literally bankrupt the system. That is not going to be good for our state, and I can assure you that's not something. That i believe that zell miller would support so there's a lot of big issues on education but we're very excited about the plan and we know how to pay for it well, oh that's know, my next question you know i'm not i'm not big, promising big you know is a, is a unlike big unlike my opponent i'm not promising the same pot of money to a bunch of different groups or every government program that she wants to have we've methodically gone through and looked at the additional revenues that we have coming into the state as well as my plan to implementing a spending cap so That's tied to population and inflation. So we can continue to grow as a state, but we don't grow too much. We spend our money wisely and we budget conservatively, but we can properly fund the things that we need to do in public education, health care, transportation, infrastructure, and public safety. And that's why I know that the uh, $600 million for the $5,000 pay raise, we can absolutely do that. And then we're going to do it. We have 44% of our teachers, Scott, that leave the profession within the first five years. That's one of the biggest issues that I've heard from everyone that's um, in in the school environment, and we've got to do something about that. That's why it's a flat across-the-board $5,000 pay raise that helps those on the lower end of the scale more, uh, so hopefully it'll help them stay in the system. I've had two meetings last week when I spoke to the School Boards Association, and then I had a... A private sit-down kind of work session to hear you know other things that were going on very diverse group you had folks from metro counties rural counties so I was kind of hearing the the full gamut of what people are experiencing and they were overwhelmingly very excited about the pay raise because they know it's a big issue on retention and it's costing a lot of time and money having to constantly 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 recruit and retain all these teachers. Well, i You're
0: listening to Breaking News on WSB Radio. I'm Scott Slade. It's 826 with Georgia Secretary of State and Republican candidate Governor Brian Kemp. It's great to have you live on WSB. Thanks for stopping by this morning. No, oh, my pleasure. It's been awesome. Clear up your stand on religious liberty. What what are you willing to sign in religious liberty legislation if it makes it to your desk?
1: Well, is not a get-out-of-jail-free card that allows people of faith to ignore laws they don't like. It's really a carefully crafted balancing test applied by the courts to allow reasonable accommodations for people of faith. And that's why I support uh, having a state statute that simply references what's in federal law, word for word. It's the same thing that Bill Clinton signed and Al Gore stood there with him as vice president. The ACLU was there along with the uh, evangelical community. That will set the the playing field level for for protecting people of faith. That does not discriminate. It's not going to hurt business. And I think the reason I've taken this position is because it's really a, a common sense position. It's what we should do to move beyond the debate and the poli- You know, the politic and quite all, uh, honestly, that that my opponent and many others have tried to gin up that this is a you know big push, you know, this a discrimination piece. And that's just simply not true. I'm not going to be a governor that stands for discrimination. I have in as secretary of state. Uh, we bend over backwards to let anyone that is, uh, meets the qualifications get registered to vote. Same thing with filing corporate documents. And we got a great record of doing that, a great track record of working with uh, people all across this great state. To fulfill the goals that i want to fulfill making georgia number one for small business reforming state government so we can continue to lower taxes you know making sure that no matter where you live you got the same opportunities as anyone else like access to high-speed internet and making sure we had not talked about this this morning but making sure that we keep our people safe in the state you know i've got plans to go after illegal drug cartels and street gangs you know these shootings i mean that tragic death of that police officer you know, um, Antoine Tony in Ingwinet is just heart-wrenching uh, that we have gotten to that as a society, and, and the gangs are contributing a lot to this, and I'm going to be a governor that's going to work with local law enforcement, local prosecutors, and our Attorney General Chris Carr to do something about it. Thank you for your time. Good luck. Stay safe on the trail, and we'll be checking
0: back with you between now and November 6th.
1: Sounds great. Thanks for having me on this morning. I'd appreciate everyone's vote and support. Tax day is coming. Oh, no.